Hello and welcome to The Last Podcast. I'm Noah and this is my uncle. What's up? My name's Caleb. And uh, this is a podcast we decided we wanted to do because we live and breathe movies. This is The Last Podcast. There you go. The Last Podcast. Yeah. It may be The Last Podcast. <laughs> With all this outbreak stuff, it might be. <laughs> yeah. But so we'll, we'll always start this being possibly The Last Podcast. This might be the last podcast you ever listened to. This could be. It could be. This could be the last one, so make it, you know, try to make it good. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of The Last Podcast. I'm Noah, and this is Monkul. Caleb. How's it going, guys? What are we talking about today? Uh, today we decided to do a uh, top five sports films that we that we would say at least I would say they're they're personally our top five. I think there's um, a couple different ways we could really dive into it. Um, you know, you could you could say that you know like the top perfectly filmed, you know, all that kind of thing, yeah. or you could say here's the ones I like the best. Cause, yeah. Because uh, I think there's a little bit of a difference between. Some films that are just that, like we agree that's a great film, but then maybe you have no interest in watching it again. Sure, sure. I think there's definitely movies like that where like critically they do really well, and you're like, yeah, from a technical standpoint, that yeah. was that was good. But like you know, nostalgia, you might pick something. I think I think that kind of thing has to play into it because there there are just movies that like you don't know why you like it. I mean, now we're we're going to talk about some of the reasons we yeah. like them, but for some films, it's like I can I can understand why x film would win an award and maybe it's a sports film or whatever it is but i never feel inspired to really you know enjoy it again it didn't really change my life yeah but some films that are maybe technically lesser quality but if they do sort of touch you in a different way you know maybe maybe uh, you have to pull you have to factor that in when you're kind of thinking about your favorites you know yeah, and um, so this podcast is a little bit different than our first podcast. Uh, the way we structured this one is just a top five with some honorable mentions. So the first... And I should add, um, we are not including any boxing movies in Correct. this podcast. We were thinking um, there's so many... There's uh, Boxing just happens to be one of those uh, you know, sub-genres that there's so many movies that we thought, we'll do... We'll, dedicate a whole different podcast to boxing because when i was thinking about my top five i thought of two off the bat yeah, i was sure, like these sure, are yeah. top five i'm sure time, we have the similar so. ones and you know yeah but but after we talked about it a little bit we're like you know let's just do that a whole separate thing and let's focus on the other stuff you know? yeah so uh, we'll start with five and then yeah. work down to one yeah yeah, yeah. and you All go right. first with your five so my fifth uh best sports movie of all time for me uh i'll preface before i give the name of the film my this is purely for nostalgia. As far as sports, it's a good movie, but like this nostalgia took the cake for this one. And for me, it's Angels in the Outfield. Okay, was that the Tony Danza one? Angels in the Outfield. I believe it does have Tony Danza, but it's also got a uh, um, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, yeah. Um, and Joseph Gordon Levitt as a really young kid. Oh, that he was in that. Yeah, he's I the kid. He's the kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Donald uh, Dan. Dan Danny Glover. Donald is his nephew. Danny Glover yeah, yeah, yeah. is Danny the coach. Glover. Oh, that's right. And that's um, right, yeah. I think Matthew McConaughey is like an outfielder. Well, like there's all these different character guys oh, in wow. this outfield. And I just loved it because, A, it's baseball, and that's like my favorite sport. Sure. B, like just um, as a kid, that was one of the first sports movies I ever watched. And just watch like, you know, the it's not the very realistic movie because no, Angel's but- helping out. But that's the fun thing about that particular film is that you have a uh, you have a kid who gets uh, some of the extraordinary sort of abilities or powers or whatever you call it. And, yeah. And and when you watch that as a kid, you're like, that's what I would love to be able to yes. do. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was just one of my favorite films growing up. And every time I saw it in the library, I was like, we gotta rent it. And your mom's <laughs> like, you've rented this like ten times already. It's like that's the one. And so mm-hmm. while there are way many sports films that I would pick that are probably more technical yeah. and like more like we were talking about more more from a directorial standpoint sure, yeah. better this for me was just like that's just a classic and that's like one of my go-to sports films so that's my I, five yeah I could I could I could see that I um with my fifth I kind of went with that direction too like it's 
Um, I, I mean, technically, you're not supposed to lead with a negative, but I know it's people wouldn't consider it a top even ten sports film of all time. But um, I went with Rudy. Okay. Um, and I think it's because it, it has a couple of things. It has it's it's a story about it's it, and this is, you don't see it in sports very often, but it's a story about someone who doesn't play. Yeah. Like, but who wants to? So in a way, um, you know, I played sports at a pretty high level. Uh, but there's a heck of a lot of kids that want to and they can't. Yeah. You know, and there are other sports that I wanted to play at a high level and I w- didn't have the ability any or whatever. And so there's something about a kid who just, as they describe him in the film, you know, um, you're five foot nothing, you're a hundred nothing, you know, and and like the kid's like dejected, but he's like, but the guy talking to him, uh, uh, Charles S. Dutton, who's in the film, yeah, is like a mentor, inspirational kind of guy, and. Uh, and and he's inspired by this guy, this kid's willpower to try and make one of the best teams in the nation, uh, which is Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. And um, and so for me, it's just one of those films that uh, um, it has a, a pretty high rewatchability. Oh, know? for sure. And that I should, I think, really should play into it because there's, like I said, there's films you want to see once, and they're like, okay, I don't really need to see that again. And it's Sean Austin. And it's Sean so. Austin. And what's interesting is that. Um, John Favreau has a small, very minor part in the film. I forgot all yeah, about he's that. Yeah, he's his friend. Yeah. And that, this is the film that introduced him to Vince Vaughn. Vin- Vince Vaughn plays a wide receiver on what? the team. Or a quarterback wide receiver, sort of a... I think it's quarterback, actually. But I don't even remember him being in that. Well, he had, a, he had a bit part in the in the film, but he wasn't even a main... Uh, you know, he was on the Notre Dame team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that introduced those, and then, then those two guys went on to make Swingers and make all these other films and became great friends. And, and it, One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie... I mean, it's not a spoil, but the... the 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 scene where they're like oh they they get they line up their jerseys and give oh, it to the coach yeah, like yeah. that's Rudy, as, Rudy can play my place boom you're, Rudy right. can play my place boom. like I'm not I'm not generally an emotional guy but like when you watch Rudy if you don't mm-hmm. cry during that scene you, you have no emotion yeah. you have no heart yeah like, it's you know it's just it's just one of those films that like uh, not even an underdog he's just like a guy that just doesn't have enough, he literally doesn't have enough physical skill to be on the team right and he wills his way on there and so for me that that puts it into their, you know, that sort of, um, that and echelon. The, the music in Rudy is really good, if really I recall. Well it's been a while. Funny story about Rudy. So, <laughs> want to say like five years ago, my mom for Christmas went to the stores and was like, "What do I want to buy? What what's what are, what are we filling? You know, what are we filling stockings with? Technically, that's Santa, but you know, my mom was looking for stocking stuffers and she found Rudy on DVD, mm-hmm. and she brings it home. And then Christmas Day, we're opening stuff, and she didn't give it out. She didn't give Rudy out. Mm-hmm. And about halfway through the day, she goes, oh, I forgot. We were going to give you a movie, and it's somewhere in the house. <laughs> and she, and to this day, there is a copy of Rudy somewhere in the house that we haven't found, and that's five years later. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite it's quite the... Uh, the experience so that is that is number five is, yeah five and we are back with our number four sports movie of all time i went first last time would you like to go first this time i'll go first and i'm willing to um take a little bit of heat for my number four um because i know there's been a bazillion films made and there's lots and lots of great great films i went a little um nostalgia on this one okay uh, and I'll just say it because it's you know then I have to defend it but um, the original the the Karate Kid okay 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 that I would not expect that to be on the list no so. no and you know I had uh, you know I I was writing down a sort of brainstorming you know and different you know different movies and then and then you know you started sort of organizing and then I came across that name and I was like you know the thing about rewatchability and nostalgia is. Um, the huge factor in what makes a movie great. Sure. And I sometimes think that the great directors and such sometimes forget about that. They want to make a, this technical, perfect, the right angles, the right cinematography and everything. But like, yeah. you know, um, uh, people forget that uh, we had Ralph Macchio as the young kid who was very insecure and, and was very 80s, and very 80s music. And you have Pat, um, how do you pronounce his last name? Um Pat uh, Morita, yes. I think that's how you pronounce yeah. Morita. Um, he was actually nominated for an, uh, an Academy. Wow. And, you know, I didn't do that until I looked at, was doing a little research on it. And it, But 
it was just really interesting to have the dynamic of this like um this kid who was you know he was bullied and he was um he was it was he, he wasn't even underdog he had no skills he had nothing and he was befriended by this elderly japanese guy who was willing to teach him this martial art but it was for only defense only so it wasn't like the normal martial art films it kind of yeah. took it in a place it's never really never had really been before so it was like martial arts with defensive he was teaching him principles and he was teaching him honor and paint defense paint defense yeah uh, wax on wax off, wax on, wax off. you know doing the crane kick you yeah know? i mean and all those became so classic that you just can't ignore the 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 impact that film had on the pop culture references are still and, to and, this day yeah and, and it it completely transformed you know how a lot of people looked at making movies for young adults and, and making sports films that involved kids there wasn't a lot of that before and they they've since they've since remade the movie and there's like a a follow up to it. it's like a YouTube series followed with Ralph yeah. Macchio yeah it's like them grown up or something I yeah it's like, I think that, it's called but... Cobra Kai or something yeah. like that yeah. but it's interesting yeah it, and I guess it you know I, I I was sort of reluctant to put on the list but then the more and more I thought about it, the more I was like you know it really changed you know a lot about that era and it was. You say the Karate Kid, and people know it, and they don't think of it in a bad way. They think of it as like a nostalgic, like, oh yeah, that that movie. You know, it's, it's it was so good, and maybe, you know, I ran across it um, not too many months ago, and you know, I I rewatched it. And I was like, this is still a, a really fun, great movie. Oh yeah, um, for sure. You know, it's it's not um, high, high, high art, but as I said before, I think um, how I judge, you know, my favorite films are different than what I what I think. You know, you know, an IMDb list or oh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes might have certain lists. They, I was looking at a few lists, and some of them had movies that were like, that just wasn't even very fun. It wasn't very interesting. Like, yeah. So anyway, that was my. What was yours? Uh, so mine, my number four is A League of Their Own. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, sure. It kind of falls into the the nostalgia, but not for. It's a great film. The reason, yeah, it's a good film. But not for the reason of like I watched it when I was a kid because it's not like a kid movie. It's it's not an adult movie necessarily, but it's not a kid movie. No. Um, but for me, like whenever I watch Tom Hanks, I get nostalgic. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter what role he's in. He's not, so good in that movie. Oh yeah, he's great. And it's Tom Hanks. Um, There's no crying <laughs> in baseball. <laughs> That's yeah. the best I got. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks and uh, Gina Davis, and then uh, like one of my favorite comedians, John Lovitz. Uh, oh, he's, I forgot about him. He's right. just he's just weird in that movie. And Bill Pullman's in that movie. And uh, there was a whole bunch of people David in that Strahan. film. Not not uh, Tom Hanks, but a whole bunch of people in that film that they didn't really work well in other films. Like they didn't, like a lot of them weren't really successful people, like actors. But like they caught they were, like the right people in the right director. Like, and... like if you name because the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's about a female baseball team that tries to you know be. They try to take over the league. They're in a league of their own. And um, wasn't it during the, uh, um, a baseball, uh, either a strike or, or the yeah, one war baseball was on? Yeah, baseball strike. I think it's a combination of the oh, two. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's a, I, I, I think it's a women's league. I think. Yeah, they created yeah. a women's league, yeah. and maybe it, they incorporated some other things. Yeah, it's been quite a while since I've seen that film. But, but essentially, with the exception of one or two women, they're all kind of just like, that's the movie they did. Lori like Petty. Yeah. She was great yeah. in that film. But they, but there's a there's a lot of actresses where if you named them, I wouldn't know they were in that movie. Yeah. But they were all like, you know, it was, it was great. Um, and that movie, much like most sports movie, has the the underdog element to everything. Cause, but, know, and 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 plus on top of that, um, I mean, really, how many um, feature films about sports have really uh, focused on women? Some, not a lot, but not yeah. many. You know, yeah. and. And it's it's um it's an interesting role for uh, Tom Hanks because I feel like you can put him in any role and he does well, but like you don't think of Tom Hanks in sports because it's no, he's no. you know he's the action or he's you know Philadelphia drama. Well, not action, comedy, not action. I'm I'm think I think of movies like um um. Oh, oh shoot! Like, uh, Saving Private Ryan, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's action, yeah. and then there's um, the yeah. Captain. What is that? What was that movie? Captain Phillips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not action, but it, it's kind kind of thriller kind of yeah. action. Yeah. yeah, but um, but that's that's my number four. That's our number four. Awesome, awesome. 
And we are back with our top five sports movies of all time. This is number three. And because I went last time, you have to go first this time. All right, sounds good. So my number three movie in the sports world of all time is The Rookie. Uh, oh, okay. With Dennis Quaid. Um, for me, it is equal parts good movie and nostalgic. Uh, as a kid, I loved Disney movies. And I think the first time I saw it, uh, my best friend James, he had the VHS copy. <laughs> and he was like, you've never seen this movie? I was like, no. He's like, oh, you got to watch it. It's great. It's like, okay. He's like, and you love baseball. This is great. He was a hockey fan, so he, he liked hockey. So he baseball wasn't even his sport. I think he he picked the Red Sox as his team just because like he lived in New England. He was like, That's my team. But he he could he couldn't name how you played. And he loved that movie. And I was like, Alright, we'll watch it. So we, we loaded it up one day. It was like raining or whatever. And uh we're sitting there and all of a sudden it starts and the music was just I was just like, Oh, this is this is gonna be good. And the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, a guy who, growing up, he's, his dad's in the, I want to say Air Force, um, who's played by Brian Cox. And um, he, uh, so he has to move with his dad to many, many different um, bases. And he is a baseball player growing up, and his dad is always so busy for him. He doesn't really have time for him and really... Uh, care about his baseball career and then they they finally settle down in texas and where he is in texas they don't have a baseball team and it just it just he just kind of settles down there and he just kind of stays there and stays there until he grows up and has a family and he becomes the baseball coach of the high school team of the and uh he uh it's all about how he tries to as an older man crawl back into the way of baseball and it's to me, it's just, it's an underdog movie. It's got Dennis Quaid. I love Dennis Quaid, and uh, it's baseball again, one of my favorite sports. And yeah, Dennis uh, Quaid is really awesome. Yeah, he's, I don't know, he's he's a good actor, and he he's just he just puts a lot of emotion into the roles that he's yeah, he's and, in. and he's been uh, super consistent since. You know, basically, I first I think the first one I saw him in was uh, the Right Stuff, which was the. Um, the training for the um, the pilots for the first uh, moon mission, I believe it was, yeah, uh, with um, Sam Shepard and uh, um, Scott Glenn, and uh, but he's just been so consistent over the years. And maybe some of the films aren't, you know, he just likes acting and it does. And he comes in and does his job, and and he was great in that film. Yeah, sure. and um, and to this day, like I've just, I've just. Uh, Loved watching that movie whenever it comes on. And fun fact, when uh, when my family uh, got Disney Plus, that was the first that was the first thing I logged on and watched. Disney Plus. That's that's the go to movie. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Cool. Everyone's like, "Oh, Star Wars." Is like, no, the rookie. That's that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. And what was your third? Um. <clears throat> so, my third. Um, was there? It was nothing like the rookie. Um, <laughs> maybe some similar themes, maybe. But uh, my my third, uh, you know, favorite sports film of all time was uh, Chariots of Fire. Oh, yeah. You ever see that or no? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and you know, there's a reason because it's just not. It's not something that they throw up on TV very often. I know it's the just, music. You know, yeah, <laughs> and well, that's the thing is it. It was made in um, 1981. And uh, it, at the time, it was starring um, a number of people that people didn't really know. They were young men. And uh, for those that haven't seen it, they, they might, some older, older people, you know, over the age of maybe 35, like more, can, more aware of this film. But um, they, there's about four, uh, they weren't friends. They didn't necessarily know each other right away. About four guys in, uh, let's say, university level um, age who are all slowly working towards um, uh, achievement in uh, running. And they all, all, they all play, they all do different um, uh, events. And what's sort of interesting is that they come from different backgrounds. One's a, um, a Scottish minister. One is a, um, a prim upper class uh, um, English lad. One is more of a, He's a he's a sort of a rough, a little more um, not rough is the wrong word, but a, an American. So they and the other the fourth, and so they all come from different backgrounds, and 
and they succeed to some to whatever degree enough that they get um, noticed and invited to be in the Olympics. This is a period piece takes place back in the, I believe in the tens or the twenties. Just look, thinking about the the era, something from back yeah. then. And just there's something about um, the a film where they're talking about um, overcoming adversity um of religion of uh physical um uh, in a, in the context in sports before they were the, the modern age of sports you know like if you're running you're just a fast runner there's no like you know like uh, you know certain you know you, you know where you have massage therapists and you have you know certain sports drinks and you have all the new technology and information it's just like like dudes that wanted to run as fast as like they could possibly run, and uh, and the music was so iconic and oh definitely um, it was uh and and what people forget there was actually a um a very very small role uh, that Ian Holmes was in uh, Chariots of Fire oh and he plays one of the uh, athletes trainers okay and okay. Uh, it's just um I don't know for me I really have a I have a soft spot for period pieces yeah and uh, and I think they just pulled off maybe. Maybe one of the best period films, just in terms of that, that's been made in, in quite a long time. Awesome. So that's our number three. Yep. And we are back with our number two. It's coming close to the wire. I think I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right. I, 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 um, I think, who went, who went first last time a little bit? I did. You did, okay. I so did. I guess that means I'll go You're first. You're up, yeah. And, uh, um, my number two pick um, is something that I've watched off and on over the years, and uh, you just recently saw it um, with me, and that is The Natural. Hey. And um, uh, it's hard to sort of describe the, the reasons why one likes a film sometimes. Sometimes you just like a film. You don't know why. But I start, I tried to think about why this particular film... Um, always stuck with me and I think it has something to do with um, getting a second chance and for those that don't know it's a story of a baseball a young baseball player who has great prospects something tragic happens to him his life is derailed and he's given a second shot at redemptions essentially and uh, and then all the things that ensue from that I think it was uh, takes place in 1939 it was filmed in the 80s um and uh, you know, it has Robert Redford, it has Robert Duvall, Kim Basinger, uh, Wilford Brimley, um, Mark Madsen. Uh, I mean, it's one of those films that has a stellar cast, <clears throat> and everyone plays it, you know, to the note. And and then when you uh, you know sort of put on top of that the just this iconic score, the music that was written for it. Um, uh, there was a, a the cinematographer was a, his name was Deschanel and he is a legend so his cinematography just really puts you into the 1930s in a way that um, very few uh, um, you know filmmakers can do and and uh, so what, what did you think about the film when you when you when you saw it? Um, so for me, The Natural, I had never seen it before, so seeing sure. it last night, in fact, was pretty interesting because for me you think when you're thinking of sports movies or a kind of movies in general you you hope a movie breaks the mold mm. and isn't the stereotypical oh i know how this is going to turn out if it's a sports movie the team's not great the the the, the team somehow gets great and they win the championship mm -hmm. if it's a if it's a movie about diversity there's an issue with race or sex or religion there's a problem it gets resolved at the end or maybe it doesn't but there's this kind of when you're watching a movie there's kind of like a cookie cutter for each genre there seems yeah. like a cookie cutter mold and i always when i'm watching a new movie the the key is if the movie is great is if it breaks the mold or does something different mm. with the film and um with the natural it does follow the the pattern of a team's not great and they get better and they 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 might or might not win, but it's it's a different story than you're used to. It's not yeah. it's not about the team per se. It's about one specific player. And then and the it, team gets involved. In, yeah. You know, obviously, yeah. And it's about his road to 
to living out his dreams and kind of his father's dreams too, yeah. because mm-hmm. it's it's it was his dream for his son to become a baseball player. But it, it also wasn't like, oh, my dad wants this for me, so I'm doing it for my dad. He he loved the game as much as his dad did, yeah. and so that was um, that was what was what was cool, and it was such a good acting job by Robert Redford, and he oh. didn't even get nominated. Yeah, I know. It's a tragic. That's what was even crazier yeah. about that. But what, and I thought what was sort of interesting is that, and and, I, and context matters to um, to this too because this was made. Um, uh, what would it be? Almost uh, 30, 35 years ago or something. So yeah. Prior to that, there wasn't like tons and tons of different sports films, and so it sort of defined a genre. So after that film. A lot of films sort of use that as their pattern for how they wanted their film to go. Right. And so, I mean, you can say that it goes in a certain pattern, but in a way, they they started to sort of establish that you know here's like here's this this journey in this uh, in this film, but they didn't go the standard journey. Like for a young person, they went to the right. reverse and they had an older person come in and try and uh, find redemption and, and live out their dreams. And um, so they kind of. They didn't, they didn't break the mold. They sort of created the mold yeah. in a way. And yeah. So, you know, it's easy to go back for, for from now and go, well, okay, that follows the classic pattern. It's like, yeah. well, there wasn't really a classic that, pattern they, yet. They defined the pattern. <laughs> there yeah. might have been a couple of films that were similar before that, yeah. but it wasn't like a real solidly established genre. Sure, you know? sure. And the, uh, the other thing was the music. Randy Newman did oh. a great job with the music. Yeah. And I feel like Randy, just as an aside, we could probably do a podcast just on like favorite film composers. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, Randy we'd Newman have to find a way to put some music into there somehow. Without yeah, copyright because it can be issues yeah, with that. Yeah, so. But Randy Newman specifically with his music, for some reason, his music is just nostalgic. Like other, like John Williams is like he's a great composer. But like when I listen to like Randy music, Randy Newman stuff, like you know, you think. You think uh, Toy Story or the Monk theme song or like you know just different. See, things. I don't quite have the same uh, thing to to Randy Newman that you have, aside from this one film. So I, I would have to do a little research and listen to some of the maybe some of the things that I'm not aware that he did. Sure, you know, but sure. That, again, that can be maybe a different podcast too. Yeah. Uh, for me, for my number two, it came out this year. In fact, it's called The Way Back, and it's uh, Ben Affleck. And, uh, Full disclosure: I have not seen the movie, so I can't. Yeah, you know. and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it. But uh, yeah, let's not the, do too many spoilers. Yeah, here. but um, for me, um, like I was talking about with with the natural, it was not the uh, cookie cutter format of there's there's a problem and it gets fixed over the course of a movie and you see it rise and fall and rise and fall, and. It kind of it took sports, but it kind of went beyond sports, and it was more about human struggle and less about the actual game. Which I find sports movies they don't they don't find the balance between the sport and the humans playing it. They they either go they will go too far in one direction. They're either too focused on the people and not on the game, or too focused on the game and not on the people. Hmm. And, 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 um, and I should I should interject with there are some films that. Um, that I have on sort of a honorable mention list that did that exactly. Like yeah. it's known, it's a quote unquote sports movie, but it's really a drama. Yeah. That it's not real central to the sports, but we can, we'll get into that in honorable yeah. mentions. And it's directed by a guy, Gavin O'Connor, who directed one of my favorite boxing movies of all time, which we'll talk about on the other podcast. Uh, okay. But uh, he's, he's a great director. He hasn't directed too teaser. much. Out, yeah. There you go. Teaser outside of, um, the the last you know 10 15 or so years but these two films are two of my favorite sports films and so it was cool to see him come back and do something um, with a different sport this being basketball the way back is about basketball and going back to what i said about it um covering the human element really well um it it was relatable for uh multiple people because it, it deals with it, it no spoilers but it deals it deals with cancer and with drug and alcohol abuse and just things that people either can relate to themselves or like know someone who was affected by these things and so it wasn't just oh um 
this person goes to this specific school and they need these like it wasn't something so far-fetched that you couldn't relate to and you mm. it, it wasn't just like a oh good for them like you kind of like oh i've been there at that certain point mm. so that was what made the the movie so emotional i i didn't cry but like there's definitely points. Come on. <laughs> no, Come but there was, on. there's definitely points where I was like, oh man, and I definitely got teary. Like, yeah. not the point of like they're dripping down, but it was it was close because it was. <laughs> no, no it, but it, it definitely sounds like a film that uh, we, we, you know, it, it was kind of unfortunate because when because I saw the trailers for it and um, when he's on his game, Ben Affleck can really do some can do some business and. Uh, and then right right about after that, that's when things start going sideways with um, things closing and like should we be out in public and all these yeah. things. We're filming this where they're recording this where there's a essentially sort of a nationwide off or as some of my overseas friends say the whole world's locked down basically right now. So yeah, um, so we're recording this when we uh, when that's going on. So. Yeah. Um, I can't go to the theater to see it, and I'll have to wait till it comes on the video. Or but whatever. yeah, I'm, but I'm hoping I'm hoping you will see it when it yeah, does come out. Sure. It's good, and that is our number two. And we are back. Uh, we are here before we introduce our number one sports movie of all time, in our opinion. Uh, we are going to do some honorable mentions. For sure. Um, I'd like to just remind people that we're not doing, we're not including um, uh, any boxing films in this podcast because we're going to do a different boxing movie uh, podcast because uh, it's a whole different genre and so we thought we'd just exclude those for now. So um, I would, um, th there's the thing about... The thing about an honorable mention is that, in particular with sports, there's actually a heck of a lot of great films that mm. I know I didn't bring up for various reasons, and we'll talk about them a little bit. Um, and I think some of them actually deserve some conversation because they're they're such good films. They're just were in my top five. Um, so I'll list my first one. We'll maybe go back and forth a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's okay. great. So um, the first one I didn't put in my top five, but I consider this a fantastic, uh, wonderful film is um, Field of Dreams. Oh, yeah. And Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones, um, Holly... What's her name? Well, let's look it up. <laughs> well, don't look it up. It's fine. Um, but uh, what, what's, what was interesting about that film is that it, even though when it came out, immediately it was considered sort of like cheesy or it was considered uh, um, overly romanticized or whatever. Not in the romantic way, but romanticizing baseball. Yeah. Um, but even be, despite that, everyone was like, yeah, that was still a great film. Because <laughs> there's something weird about a guy who has such passion for a sport and was willing and, and possibly um, willing to sacrifice his entire, um, his entire livelihood based on uh, what he believed to do, be the right thing, which was giving closure to um, uh, various people living and dead um, about the game that he loved, which was baseball. Yeah. So, um, so my first honorable mention was was really hard for me not to put this in my top five, mm. but um, my first honorable mention is Brian's song. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've, if you've seen that one. I have seen. Yeah, yeah James Con. Uh, James Con, uh, uh, Billy D. Williams, Jack Jack Warden. Yep. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, a couple others. But um, I have actually a story about James Con, a personal story. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you sometime. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh. For me, like, I mean, I love James Conn, you know, the oh, Godfather, sure. you know, more recently. Spoilers! Elf, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, but that movie, that's, um, I, I, I believe it's a TV movie, isn't it? I don't know, it was before I, I was born. Because I, because I was listening to, um, that's old. ESPN one time, and they were talking about favorite sports movies, and they mentioned this, and I'm pretty sure they said it was a T, like a made-for-TV movie, which is interesting, regardless, but, um, the, uh, that that film is great. It's a, it's a football movie, but um, just the the acting in that movie for me mm. gave it gave it a a boost. And it's one of the sad movies. It's not yeah. like a, a feel good movie. Um, well, that'll bring up another honorable mention for me is that uh, uh, and it's a sad one. Um, is uh, the wrestler? Oh yeah, Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke playing a um, basically a semi retired down and out. Uh, life is gone uh, in a really bad way, and. Uh, 
you know, you could put that in the top five you could, or top ten or whatever. It, but it was one of those films where, you know, you see it, and I believe it was directed by Aronofsky, who's fantastic, and uh, the music was great, and Mickey Rourke was nominated for an Oscar, and it, it, all the things that you could make it into a top five film. I didn't put it in the top five because the, the rewatchability of some films is tough. Yeah. You know, I can see a film and I can acknowledge that it's like that's that was made very well, great music, the acting, the whole thing. Um but to me at least to be in a top 5 it has to be a movie I do want to watch again and again, you know. Yeah. And sometimes with the sad films it's hard to do that. And and it's not fair to them to take it, you know. So that's why I, if someone were to put that in their top 5, I'm like, "Oh, that's fine." It yeah. Doesn't bother me. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um uh two Two movies that I'll mention that I we don't really have to talk about, okay. but for my honorable mentions were The Mighty Ducks, the good old Disney movie, and uh, Glory Road, which is also Disney. But they're uh, they're both they're both um, solid solid sports movies that encompass kind of all the the things that I was looking for in a sports movie, but not not necessarily top five material, just just solid sports films. And I'll add to that because that's sort of like um, lighthearted sports films that yeah. are popular and. And um, I'll add to that uh, um, Happy Gilmore <laughs> yes. and Caddyshack. There's a, oh, yeah, there's a whole... Hey, yeah. everybody, we're going to get laid! <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole group of movies that it's... They're sort of hard to put into a top ten unless you just... If you're a person that just really loves comedies above all else, yeah. you're going to have some of these in your list. Because, you know, I thought Happy Gilmore was funny. I'm Happy not, Gilmore's great. I don't, I don't, I'm don't. i not a huge Sandler fan. He starts fighting Bob Barker. For <laughs> right? is wrong. Was it Carl Weathers? You know, Carl they, Weathers gets his hand chopped off by an alligator? <laughs> I mean, so, <laughs> and then obviously Caddyshack with, uh, with Bill Murray and Dangerfield and all those guys. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so you can throw those in there. I'll throw... Um, I just have a couple more to mention real quick. Um, uh, this is sort of a mix of comedy and drama. Um, White Men Can't Jump. Oh, yeah. I think, that, I think that was a great film for its time. And it was one of the first films, I think, that really dealt with, um, uh, to some extent, um, any inner city sort of hoop basketball. Sure. You know, there maybe was something before a little bit, but not a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, um, I'll throw one out of there. Um, Any given Sunday. Ah, that was mine. Okay, that was yeah, my yeah, last yeah. one. I mean, you can't really argue. It's hard to argue against where it's like it's a sports movie and has Al Pacino and um, uh, who else is in this film? There's, um, there's a bunch. Um, let's see. Uh, Cameron Diaz was in it, wasn't it? Isn't um, or no? Yeah, yeah. I isn't uh, Dennis Quaid in that too? Dennis Quaid is in it. Yeah. Um, uh, the dude who played Ray Charles, what's his name? Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is in it. You know, and there's there's actually a ton of people that show up in it. There's actually yeah. LT is in it. There's yeah. a, there's there's actual pro players in it, and um, there's a, actually Pacino has some great lines in that film. And and I thought of a, I thought of another honorable mention. Speaking of great oh, lines, sure. um, and this. This 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 re the reason for this film could make its own podcast, which is mm. speeches in movies. Oh, and I would throw Miracle on an uh, on a uh, honorable mention. That, that was my last one. Was the, the, yeah. yeah, there you yeah. go. Because um, yep. he gives the coach in that movie gives such the, it's one of the best speeches in mm -hmm. films. It really like hypes you up yeah. and gets you just just ready to go. Well, and I think that's sort of me. I think. And and we maybe it is something we can maybe do a pod about or just a side a side thing, but um in almost all of these films, at least the the, the main ones that involve teams, there's a classic coach speech. Oh yeah, there's and always one them, moment they're like, all right, so we have we have this, yeah, we have this, and we've, we've got to accomplish this. We've worked so hard, yeah, we got to yeah. get the boys going. Like, yeah. and and you know, and the difference between some succeed some teams. Some not seasons, for some film succeeding and not succeeding is having that rallier. Oh yeah, you know, and that's where I talked earlier about talking about Denzel. He was that rallying figure, you know, that nucleus. And then uh, uh, Gene Hackman as the coach, the Al Pacino speech oh, speeches. Yeah. He did a couple, but um, if we're talking about like top coach coaches in films, maybe he might be in a top five. I don't know. That's that's really that's narrowing the, it down yeah. a lot. But, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so these were um, our honorable mentions that we couldn't really put into our top five. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys out there have so many other films that you could throw in there. And, you know, it was it was a matter of me run, literally running out of paper space to write the movies down. <laughs> There's so many good sports movies. Yeah. And if you if you come up with one, you can throw them in the comments and yeah. we'll take a look at them. And coming up, um, I believe we have the number one film of our favorite uh, um, favorite sports films. So here it comes. Thank you. We are back with our top five sports movies of all time, and uh, we have reached the number one sports movie of all time, in our perspective opinions. Our favorite. Yeah, our favorite. I don't yeah. know. Maybe we'll have to re, re, uh, re-title the thing, whatever. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think uh, you are up first. I am up first. So my favorite sports movie of all time uh is remember the titans and uh it's great for a multiple of reasons it's sports it's got denzel washington it's got (laughs) it's got uh will Patton, uh who i like super underrated he is he's awesome and i just saw him he's in the halloween movies and there was a halloween movie that just came out like two years ago that like brought back the franchise to its former glory and it had the original cast and he was awesome and then it has um it has uh, a young ryan gosling mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. and um uh i always forget this guy's name but ethan ethan supley or supley he's that uh, uh, the big blonde dude right? yeah he's the, the yeah, guy yeah. that's in a bunch of movies he's, he's kind of a character of kind of guy um yeah. and various people uh here and there but it's so it's got it's got great um great actors and the cast the cast really makes movies a lot of the times but the um the thing that i like about it is again the same kind of thing with the way back it it balances sports and the human element very well hmm. and it also tackles which sometimes sometimes it's movies tend to focus um too much towards the human element, but it it um this this specific movie tackles um, uh, racial diversity, and um it it does it in a very powerful way, and um one of my favorite scenes in all of movies is like Denzel yelling at people in the rain, like he's just <laughs> like he's just getting people like people hyped up. Well, that's and, that's the thing I think about uh, in this particular film. Um, or the film surrounding it is that the, the, the nucleus of the film is Denzel. Yeah. And you could sort of point at a handful of actors every 10 years or whatever. Not that they don't have a career that, that spans decades, but he's one of those actors when he's in a film, he turns into the nucleus. Yeah. And, he, and everything, you know, kind of sort of revolved around him and in a good way in that he brings out the best in you know whatever the film is i mean maybe we've talked about maybe doing a pod about uh, just about denzel movies yeah and that'd be a lot of fun because he's he's had this array of films that uh span let's let's we'll say 30 years but it's probably more you know i don't i think he was yeah. doing stuff before the 80s but like, yeah i mean uh and then when he gets into like this film you're talking about um he just he just brings it all together he br- he's like that He's like that one that one spice that's like <laughs> the meal's great. Let's add this one thing and then boom! It's the, the best meal, meal ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also for this movie is uh, for me when I watch movies, one of the biggest components of any movie to make it a great movie is the music, the soundtrack. I keep going back to that, but that's like a big thing for me because I'm musically inclined. I love music, and you are too. And um, uh, for this movie, they have the you know the normal soundtrack, which is really good. But they also infuse a lot of Motown music, and I love Motown music. And uh, uh, the very the very end of the movie, they they play uh, "Ain't No Mountain High Enough," and uh, I don't remember the exact name of that song. But uh, I think that I think that's is that what it's called? I yeah, okay, so. yeah, sure, but yeah. yeah. But it's 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 great, and uh, the it's just it's there's just several points to that movie where, and and this is true for all sports movies. There's a point in well, if it's a good sports movie, there's a point in a sports movie where if you um, at all relate to the story, if you're invested in the movie, there's a point where you either get really mad or really excited or both. 
because I feel like in every sports movie, the the quote unquote bad guy of the film makes me just so mad. I just want like if it's done well, oh, yeah, I sure. just want to like just get in there and mess yeah. some stuff up. And unless it's unless it's in, in the uh, like for example in in Die Hard where you have Hans Gruber, and even though he's the bad guy and he's horrible and he's villainous and he's you know he just he does these awful things. You don't really hate him because he has that weird charisma. That's a rare thing. I understand <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, but, it's, yeah. uh, but that's just an example. One like, how, oh yeah, you know, maybe yeah. we, should, we should maybe do a pod sometime about um, best villains in Ooh, films of all time. That would be good. Because he's got to be up there. Oh, Hans Gruber is the I best. Know. I don't know. I don't know if he's the best. We'll have to I'll think about Mr. it. Mr. McLean. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yippee Kaye. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, what was I saying? Uh, Come down to the beach. Have some laughs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah. PG. It's good stuff. But uh, back to back to what I was saying. In um, mm. remember the Titans. There's there's. I remember watching that, and there were moments where I was just like, I was just so like just angered by some things that were going on. But then by the end, like I'm just so like I'm like. I, I, I sports movies and I did it last night watching The Natural. Mm. Sports movies when there's that final game and that final scene, yeah. I find myself brooding like it's an actual game. I've isn't got that, so invested. And I think that's why something about sports movies and isn't just because we played sports, but it, there's something about them that sort of um, really hit us in our core because there's a um, there's some kind of automated response that we have even if we never played the sport we still get that that sort of visual and i think maybe that goes to even watching sports like you know i will often question questions say uh, my brother-in-law who would go he would be standing and shouting at a screen <laughs> of a university that he never went to now i don't begrudge him his fandom i don't have that and it's it's it baffles me a little bit but, but that's the sort of thing is like when you grow up in a when you grow up as a fan of something even if you don't play the sport you know, sometimes it can just really it can it can it can the 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 great films, the great and we're talking sports, the great sports films, just make you just have this well of emotion. Yeah. You know, whether it's happiness or joy or laugh, you know, whatever. And 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 this is one. This is your number yeah, one. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's the one. And every time this is one of the and because it's my number one, it this would have to fit in. But um, every time I see this movie, it's one of those movies where if it's on TV, you just stop and watch. And that's just what you yeah. do. That's for me, and that's why it's my number one. Because I, I would say that that is mostly true for all of my top five. But for this one specifically, for whatever reason, the combination every time it's on, I just stop and I'm like, whoa. Well, that's a good segue to my number one then. There you because, go. Because um, my number one sports film of all time is never on TV. Oh no. And I, I mean, I'm sure it's shown up occasionally, <laughs> yeah. but it's just not. It's there are movies that get sort of forgotten, even though during their time they were like people were just blown away by them. Mm -hmm. And um, my number one film is Hoosiers. Ooh, okay. And that stars Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey. Um, uh, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar um, from Easy Rider. You'll come to me. <laughs> well, I didn't make a ton of notes. I was just going off my my memory, and. Um, so, but, but it's a story, uh, it takes place in, I think, the early 50s. Um, I don't know if they ever say the exact date. Uh, and Gene Hackman plays a, a coach that comes into a small Indiana town to a team um, who needs the coach. And uh, um, he takes this kind of nobody team and all of the problems associated with the team and the community and, um, and just instills a certain um dennis hopper dennis hopper yeah and and instills a certain belief in the team and each other and uh, camaraderie and overcoming all kinds of adversity um dennis hopper plays one of the um one of the players dads who's a um who's just a mess in his life and uh and that's why he won he did, i don't know if he won but he was he was nominated i believe for he was Award. just nominated yeah and um and it's it's uh, it's a story that I you you can make an argument that over his long long career that this is one of Gene Hackman's finest films and uh, he just has a way of going from ferocious to uh, just compassionate in a way that very few actors can can do and he does that in several movies too oh yeah I mean. Um, you know, he like I said, he he covers so many different uh, eras. And Could probably do a podcast just on Gene yeah, Hackman. Gene Hackman. Yeah, he's, he's um, 
He's phenomenal. And and so it, it isn't that the stories, I mean, it is, it, it's actually based on a true story. Um, uh, I'm not, I won't, it's weird to do a spoiler alert if, if something's like 30 years old. Right. Like it was made in, um, let me look, it was made in 86. So I mean, oh, uh, yeah. it's pretty old, but, and I do have I do have a, a soft spot soft spot for it because um, I watched it when I was growing up. I was I was not quite a high schooler, but I was a, you know I loved basketball and I loved playing. And this was the story of complete underdogs from a tiny 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 little town going to the state championship in Indiana. Which I don't know if it's still considered this, but for decades and decades it, it was considered the um, the basketball state of the nation. You know, just that was what they lived and breathed and. And, um, and so it was, for me, it was just, uh, you know, just incredible performances, great cinematography. Again, it's one of those things where, um, and I know you haven't seen it yet, but it's a, a film where there are scenes in it that make you viscerally angry at other characters on the screen. Yeah. And, and just seeing the, you know, the, tr the triumph over adversity and, and then I would say, um, and, and we have a th little bit of a theme here in that the, um, some of these films that are so uh, that touch this in a way have amazing uh, music whether it's a soundtrack score or it's the music that's in it Yeah. and the music in this film it, I would say rivals any other film in terms of the sports films and, and regular films it's, it has an iconic score that like sometimes a composer creates something that so perfectly fits a film that you can't imagine that, that music with anything else sure you know, a John Williams in a Star Wars, in a um, who, whoever it was that did the score for um, the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, there's certain ones, uh, the, the the Chariots of Fire one. You know, there's certain music that you can't really put unless it's parody. You can't put it with anything else because it just sure. Um, and and I I, I just <clears throat> looked it up, but the the guy that did the music for Hoosier, Hoosiers mm -hmm. is Jerry Goldsmith, oh, who sure. does okay, yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, that's that's yeah, and he has a quite quite a range, but um, yeah. And, but every once in a while, a composer comes up with a film, and they just—it just is a—is just a marriage, just perfect, you know, union between him getting the concept of the film, and then it just translates so well. Because because they they are in themselves writers, like they yeah. they don't write the script, but they write almost a co-script to go yeah. wrong with the script. Yeah, it's so. it's it's a yeah it's a. It's a marriage of it's a, yeah. It's a marriage between the film and, and the music, and that's you know how many films they, there's lots of films I see that man if they only had a really good composer to go with this because the music doesn't fit this at all you know yeah exactly mm. and that is our 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 uh, individual uh, number ones uh, of our, our favorite sports movies of all time. This has been another edition of The Last Podcast, and as always, if this is The Last Podcast, we hope it was a good one.